Today, we're going to talk about the four ways that God speaks to us, the four voices of God. And here's what I want you to walk out understanding more clearly than ever. Um, I, I want to make this more real than it's ever been in your life. And it goes like this. If you follow what God has said, you'll hear what God is saying. Now, how many of us want to hear what God's saying, right? That's, that's the specifics. Like, you know, I, I want you to go to this college and not that college. I, I want you to take the job. I don't want you to take the job. I want you to move out of state. I want you to stay here. That's the person for you to marry. That's, you know, we all want, to, we all want the specifics in our life, and we want God to speak to us in different ways and to lead us. But, but here's what I want you to walk out understanding. If you follow what God has said, that's the Bible. And that's the number one way that God speaks to us. He speaks to us through the scriptures. And if you follow what God has said through the Bible, then you'll begin to hear what God's saying to you in the specific ways. And so I want to deal with all four of the voices, and we're going to have a great time as we do that. But I want to open up with the Bible because it's the most impressive book on planet Earth. You know, Hebrews 4.12 says that the Bible is alive. That's pretty cool. It's living. So there's all kind of other great books out there, but God literally infused the Bible with his life. And so it has the life of God just surrounding it. We know that men wrote the Bible as they were inspired by God. So God told them what to write and they wrote it. So lots of authors, but all written by God. But it's also saturated with the very life of God. And when that gets inside of us, that's when God can begin to change us from the inside out. It's an incredible book. So here's what I notice about the Bible. When we read it, it's going to tell us things that we should stop doing, and it's going to tell us things we should begin doing. And it, it's not so that God will love us more. There's nothing you can do. If you're a Christian, there's nothing you can do to make God love you more. You accepted Jesus. He loves you as much as he'll ever love you. And uh, nothing you do will ever make him love you more. If you've accepted Christ, you're not going to do things or stop doing things to go to heaven. You're going to heaven. The only way there is by trusting in Jesus. So what, 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 when God asks you to stop doing something or he asks you to begin to do something, that's to take you down a path It's going to make your life more free. It's going to make you more free. It's going to enable God to bless you and bring you into a position where he can begin to give you the specifics that he wants you to do with your life. And it's absolutely amazing. So check this scripture out. This is 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, and it reads like this. All scripture is inspired by God and useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us what we should do that's right. It's, it's the most incredible book in the Bible. It's alive. It gets in you. God begins to talk to you. It's absolutely amazing. So I want to give you a couple examples, all right? And because we have so many young people at Believers, I try to bring this up every couple months in one way or another. When I was a new Christian, uh, before I'd met Jesus, I was sexually active. Before I met Gina, and then I met Jesus, and I began to read the Bible, and then I noticed the Bible teaches us that God created sex for the marriage union. And, and I was upset with that because uh, I, I was like, God, that, that doesn't sound right, you know? And I had all these debates with God, and I kept reading the Bible. I heard preachers teach it, 
And I remember one day I just realized, you know what? God, you're right. You want me to be pure, and I'll never forget making that decision. And I said, until I get married, about five years later I met Gina, I, I am going to stay pure. And, you know, I thought I was doing God a favor, but he was doing me a favor because it changed my life and opened up my ability to hear God, and it positioned me into a place that was absolutely amazing where God could begin to speak some specific things to me concerning my life. But I had to get on that path. But you know what was tougher than that? The most difficult thing I read in the Bible that God wants us to do that I struggled with more than that? The Bible teaches us we're not to gossip or talk about people. That was way more tough for me to stop doing than anything else. That's a tough one, right? And, and I remember just working on that and working on that and coming to a place to where I stopped doing that in my life. But then sometimes you read the Bible and God asks you to begin to do something that you've never done before. And a lot of times when you read that, it will be a struggle at first in your life. So I'm going to give you another life story because this one was a big deal to me. Um, I was a new Christian. I was in debt. I had, you know, just got rid of a business, recovering from that move, uh, in between work and jobs, struggling, driving an old car. And I heard the preacher in church talk about tithes and offerings, and I didn't know what a tithe was. An offering's pretty easy to figure out, right? We all know what that is. So I had to ask somebody, and I remember asking a guy in the church, what's a tithe? And that guy looked at me and said, that means to give a tenth of your offering or your income to God. And it blew my mind. I nearly passed out, and I am not kidding when I say that to you. And uh, I became angry with the pastor because he just bought a new car and I was driving a clunker. And uh, it was just a mid-range Buick, but it was like, God, I don't, I, there's no way I'm giving my money to this church and having him live better than I live. And so here's what I ended up doing. I just found every scripture in the Bible on the subject of tithing, just found every one. And I read it from cover to cover because I had some guys in the church tell me, oh, that's that was just under the law. You're, you're no longer under the law. I, and I liked that the best. That was my favorite uh, answer. Then, then I had other people, you know, tell me, no, that's for the New Testament. And then, you know what I found out when I read it, that they tithed before the law. God put tithing in the law. And then Paul taught tithing after the law. And so it's something for churches to do. I'll never forget when I, I said, all right, God, I'm going to put that into practice in my life. God did amazing miracles with my finances. It was absolutely amazing. Uh, someone paid debt off that I had. Someone else gave me a car. Someone else gave me furniture. God just began to do all these things. And it doesn't always happen that way. But what it did was it positioned me for God to protect me and break any of the curses of this earth. Not the curse of the law, but the curse of this earth. And it released him to begin to bless me. And it changed my life forever. Here I thought God was wanting me to do something that was going to hurt me. And it actually began to help me. Now, my brother Jim, Jim's a numbers guy. So when you're a numbers guy, you really think everything through. And, I, and I'm a thinker too, but not at his level. He likes to read manuals. I, I, don't, I don't do manuals. I do pictures. I just put things together when I look at pictures. And so, uh, you know, Jim looked at me and said, Joe, I can't do this. There's no way. The numbers don't work out. And so I just said, Jim, just pick a percentage. So he picked 3%, and he just began to give God 3%, and it was amazing. He said to God, 
you prove it with three and I'll go up a little bit. And he just kept going up a little bit till he hit, he hit a tithe. And so you may be one personality, one the other, but God changed my life forever. I'll never forget when God showed me that it was important, even as a guy, to become a worshiper and to, to literally worship God like I'm standing right before the throne. And at first I balked at it. I just thought, God, that's, that's not masculine. And I don't know, I don't want to be a worshiper. But once I, I obeyed that scripture... God loved me the same whether I did it or not. It doesn't matter. He still loves me. I'm going to go to heaven. But it broke my life loose for God's strength and God's freedom. And so God's always going to direct us that way. I like to say it this way. I want to close with this thought on this segment. When you open your Bible, God opens his mouth. It's the most precious book in all the world. So there are some of you sitting here right now. You used to have a Bible reading routine and life became too busy, you stop, and you're sitting here right now saying, I know God's dealing with your heart. I need to get back to that. Others, it's just you're new. It's something you've never done, and I want to encourage you, even if it's 10 minutes a day, begin to read the Bible. Why? Because it's alive, and if you follow what God has said, you'll hear what God is saying. It's absolutely amazing. Now, here's the second way. I call it spiritual impressions. The second way God leads us and every one of you in this room, if you are a Christian, you are already flowing in this. And I'll tell you how. You ready? Have you ever had someone come to your mind that you need to call or you need to pray for? If that's ever happened to you, that's a spiritual impression. That's God. That's one way that he leads us. And you know it to be true because it's happened to me. I can tell you, if I didn't pray for them or I didn't call them, I run into them you know, a month later, whenever it is, and they begin to tell me how terrible life has been, what they've been going through. Sometimes I'll ask a question, how long ago was that? And it's like, darn, I should have prayed. And then, and then if you do pray or you do call, you'll hear them say, oh, man, my life's been a mess. I really needed this. And that's just what I call spiritual impressions. And most of you in this room, if you're a Christian, you have flowed in spiritual impressions. It's absolutely an, an amazing thing. And so God will just bring something to your heart. And what I always do is I wait and I let it become stronger and stronger if it's something specific. So I want to talk to you about specifics because sometimes God will lead me to do something that's, you know, it's not in the Bible. It's something just for my life. And he'll do it with a spiritual impression. So I always make sure I let that grow in my heart. But let me tell you about a time. This, this is a fascinating time. Uh, years ago, there was a man that began to come to our church. His name was Ted Sad. He pastors in Newcastle, Pennsylvania now. And he had quit a great job in Newcastle, and he started a Christian school. And so here's Ted. He comes to Trumbull County with a Christian school, and he's renting a building. And then he, we started our church, and he began to come to our church. And I met him, and you know, we, just, we became friends, and he became involved at the church. And um, one day, I just had this thought hit me when I was in church, and I saw him. The thought was, tell Ted to come over and bring the school to our building. We were renting uh, a Warren City School that was closed on the other side of town, and, and just let him use your empty classrooms for free. And that thought hit me. And that wasn't one of those thoughts. You know how sometimes God gives you an impression and it's like, get thee behind me, Satan. That wasn't one of those. That, that was a good idea in a sense. But I just wanted to make sure it was God because there were other complications and things. And, and so here's what I did. I prayed and I just waited. 
And you know that impression became stronger and stronger. Every week when I saw Ted, it would become stronger, and it's kind of like just driving you at that point. And then uh, I thought, well, I think, I think this is God, but here's what I did. I took it to the board at the time, and I said to the board at the time, I said, guys, I have an idea. I didn't tell them I think it's God, because once you tell someone God told you, I mean, that's not good. Because if you tell someone God told you, here's what happens. They either have to disagree with you and say God's a liar or say you can't hear God. You're putting them in a tough position, right? So it's better never to tell them. Just say, hey, I have an idea and let it go, let it go from there. So I said to the board, hey, I have an idea. We have these empty rooms. What if we had Ted bring uh, Word of Life Christian Academy? What if we had him bring it over here and we let him have it rent-free? It'd be one way we can give to Christian education. And the board was elated about it. I talked to Ted. He was elated. And we brought him over. That's one way that God has led me many, many times in my life. And he wants to do the same thing for you. But it's really important, and we'll talk about it in a minute, that we put those things to the test. But here's a scripture. This happened to Paul in the Bible. And it reads like this, Acts 18.5. It says, And when Silas and Timothy had come from Macedonia, Paul was pressed in the spirit and testified to the Jews that Jesus was Christ. And you see the word press, that Greek word's fascinating. It just means his spirit, his human spirit was just being pushed or pressed by God to do something. And here's what's fascinating about this. Paul was called to teach or preach Jesus to the non-Jews. So this wasn't something he normally did. And so God's leading him by putting this impression on him. And I'm sure he gave it some time, but then he went ahead. You almost can't ever go wrong to preach to somebody, right? And he went ahead and he did what the Holy Spirit was pressing him to do. That's the second way God leads us. And I'm sure so many of you are being led in that way. Here's the third way. And I love this way. And we're going to have some fun with this. I call it the inner voice. And it's when God speaks to us with his inner voice, not with these ears, and for some of you, this, this might be the first time you ever heard that God wants to speak to us from the inside, but it's the most precious thing on planet Earth when God speaks to us in this particular way. Listen to Psalm 16, 7. It says, I will bless the Lord who counsels me. He gives me wisdom in the night. He tells me what to do. This is the psalmist. I like the fact it's in the night, and I underlined it. Here's why. It doesn't, it, God speaks to me all the time, but isn't it true at night when you lay your head on the pillow and you become quiet? Aren't you more sensitive to the things of God? And that's why the psalmist is saying this. But I like it because he says, God tells me what to do. And many of you guys on the Boardman campus, you know God's speaking to you that way at different times. And so I want to show you the main way it works, and I'm going to give you what I call specifics. But Listen to this, John 14, 26, it says this, but when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, this is Jesus speaking, that is the Holy Spirit. So he says, when the Holy Spirit comes, now if you're a Christian, he's inside you. It goes on to say, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. I love this section of scripture. First of all, never say that you can't understand the Bible because you are speaking contrary to the Bible. Here's what God said. 
I put the Holy Spirit in you, and he will open up your understanding to every part of the Bible. So it's better for you to agree with the Bible with your lips and just say, you know what? When I read the Bible, it makes sense. And when I hear the Bible taught, it makes sense because the Holy Spirit's in there making sense of it. But here's something else he does. He brings it back to your remembrance. That means that after today's lesson or uh, something you heard two months ago, there are going to be times when it's, uh, it's the inner voice, but it's going to bring Scripture up to you and it's going to exhort you. And that's the number one way the inner voice works for me. You may be a little different. You may be more unique in one way or another, but it's the most amazing thing. I'll be just waking up in the morning, going through my day, and, and God will just bubble those scriptures up in my heart, and I hear them, and I know they're God because I'm not that positive. I mean, it's not me thinking them because I'm not positive by nature, but it's God just bubbling those babies up on the inside of me. So I'll tell you a story. Um, this is years ago. Gene uh, and I had four young kids at the time. They were all at the house. And you know how four kids can be expensive at times. And the church was taking care of us greatly in a wonderful way. But um, things were tight. We had to get some money going here and money going there. We didn't have exactly what we needed, like many of you deal with uh, at different times in your life. And so Gene and I did what you always do. We pray, and we, we said, God, we need your help, and give us wisdom. And I'll never forget, I went through that period of time, but I, you know, I would wake up in the morning, and as soon as I jumped out of bed, you know how thoughts will try to hit you here? God would just bubble up in here, and he would speak to me right from in here. And it's the most amazing thing. One of the phrases that just I love so much was this. Uh, it just, I'll never forget it, and it was this phrase, in blessing... I will bless you. And it's just out of a scripture. And it's just God's promise that he's going to bless us and meet our needs. And then I'd have other scriptures bubble up like, you've given and it will be given back to you. And God would just bubble those babies up in me. That's the inner voice. He takes what you heard. And sometimes it's scriptures I hadn't heard for years. And all of a sudden I'm like, where did that come from? It's just the Holy Spirit doing his thing. That's the voice of God. But let me tell you another way it works. I love this way. Have you ever done something you shouldn't have done? Uh, you say something you shouldn't say. You do something you shouldn't do. You react in a way you should not react. And, and you just, after you're done, it's like, am I that stupid? Why did I do that? I can't believe I did it, you know? And, 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 and all of us have done things like that. But here's what's amazing about God. And that's why I know it's God, because I'm not a positive person. I'll wake up the next day, and I'll have thoughts come, you stupid guy, how could you say that? Why did you react that way? And, 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 and all of a sudden, bubbling out of here, it's just scriptures. God's bringing them in. Sometimes they're paraphrased. Sometimes it's just you know God saying uh, what the scripture says, but it's not the exact scripture. But I'll hear scriptures like, you know what? You are forgiven. And you are holy and righteous and blameless in God's sight. And these scriptures just begin to bubble up. And it makes me begin to be able to go forward without guilt and shame. That's the inner voice of God. But you know what? Sometimes the inner voice of God becomes very specific. It's not a scripture. It's just him speaking to you. And that's the one we always want to test. So sometimes 
it's, it's just him trying to stop you from doing something stupid. I, I don't know if anyone in here ever almost done something stupid. I, I was talking to a guy in the church. He shared this with me yesterday, and it's happened to me before. He had me laughing so hard. I have no idea if I can bring it out like, like he could. But, but he was leaving Planet Fitness, and someone pulled in, and, and, and the way they pulled in, they, they almost hit him, and, and then they were screaming at him like it was his fault. So instead of leaving, he followed them to Mark's parking lot, and they got out, and he got out. He's a big guy. And he walks up to the car, and he says, just when he's pulling back and he's ready to get out of his car, he heard the inner voice say, don't do it. Pull away. But he couldn't. He couldn't. He, he disobeyed. And, but God's, that voice is speaking to him. So, so um, he gets out. He knocks on the guy's window. He says, you better apologize to me in the next 20 seconds or we're going to have a problem. Well, the guy wouldn't get out of his car, but it's, and, and God's speaking to his heart saying, get out of here. Stop it. This isn't the way you're supposed to react. So his wife gets out and kicks this guy in the leg and tells him to leave her husband alone. And, and all the time God's saying, don't do this. Don't, 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 don't do this. And so the other guy went into the store, and on his way into the store, he told this guy off again. But finally, this guy listened to that inner voice and walked away. He's always speaking to us. But let me tell you about another specific way, right? Um, this is an old story, but it's so good, I want to share it with you. Uh, years ago, we were looking for a new board member, and I had forgotten. I wasn't, like, looking. And one Sunday, um, after church, someone introduced me to a guy that was visiting, and, and I met him for the first time, and I shook his hand. And when I shook his hand, I heard the inner voice say, that's your next board member. And that only happens once every couple of years. Believe me, it doesn't happen all the time. And, uh, and I was like, wow, that's strange because he doesn't live here. He, he, lived, he lived in Indianapolis. I thought, that's really strange. And um, so I just put it on a shelf. Do you know two months later I saw him again? So I went up to say hi to him. And I said, hey, you visiting family? He said, no. He said he, he was a VP for Simon Properties. He said uh, Simon bought out to Bartlow, and so we have a regional office up here. So he said, I, I transferred up here so I can be with my family, and I want to come to this church. And then I walked away from that thinking, oh, I better start praying to make sure this is God and not me, right? And so I began to pray, and I began to pray, and I waited, and it, it became stronger and stronger. And so I went to the existing board at the time, and I said, hey, guys, I have an idea for who we can bring on. Again, I didn't say God told me, right? I said, so-and-so, and I said, let's pray about it. We prayed about it. Everybody felt good. And I'll never forget going back to this guy and telling him, he said, God spoke the same thing to me. And, and he said, I was waiting. What took you so long? And I'm like, well, I'm slow, man. I'm slow at everything I do. But, you know, I remember an old preacher saying, it's better to be slow because it's easier to catch up than to get ahead of God and have to clean up, right? So it's always better to, to go as slow as you can. But let me talk to you about putting something to the test, right? Uh, here's the scripture, 1 Thessalonians 5, 19 through 21. It says, don't put out the Spirit's fire. Don't despise what God has revealed. Instead, test everything. Hold on to what is good. Isn't that amazing? This could be someone saying something publicly. Just because someone says, thus saith the Lord, doesn't mean it's God. But this could be an impression you have. This could be you thinking God's inner voice told you to do something. Do you see what God's saying here? He's saying you have to put this to the test. 
And this is where people get in trouble because they think, well, if, if I heard that, it has to be God. Well, it may not be. It could be you. You have to test that baby out. And so here's how I test everything. It's, it's the most easy thing to do, all right? I put everything to the time test. I wait to see if it becomes stronger or weaker. I put everything to the prayer test. I, I pray, and, and as I pray, I see, is it going to become stronger? And then I put everything to the people test. I find somebody that I'm close to, that I respect, and I run it by them. And I usually never tell them God. I just run it by them and see what they say about it. And I wait for those three things to be in line, and you'll stay safe. Sometimes I think it's God, and it ends up not being God. Now, if it's the scripture he's exhorting you with, it's always God, right? If it's the Bible, it's always God. So here's the fourth way to test something, and this is really important. And I call it inner peace. And you want to make sure you feel good in here that you have peace after all those other three things. And God leads us by this inner peace. So I'll tell you a story. This is a true story. Um, Gina and I were dating in Bible school. And we were dating a couple months. And I took her home one night. And before she got out of my car, she says, I'm breaking up with you. So I, I went mafia on her. And I said, you don't break up with me. I break up with you. And uh, <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. I go, why? <laughs> and uh, she said, she said, I can tell the last couple of weeks you're apprehensive. And she said, I don't know what it is. But she says, when, when you get it all together, you give me a call. And this is before they wrote the book on boundaries and crucial conversations. Gina uses those books to teach Connect Group. She was doing it before the books were out, man. And, uh, and, and I had the worst week of my life. It was a terrible week. And I prayed a lot. And, 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 and I figured out, and I, I told her that night what was going on. I said, honey, listen, it's not you. I said, I adore you. You're beautiful. I said, I have cold feet because I'm not sure if I can make a lifetime commitment to anyone on this planet. And so I said, that's the hesitation. I'm not sure if I can make a lifetime commitment. And then that night she told me, well, when you know, you just give me a call back. And so after a week, I knew, and we got back together. We're dating another couple months, and then something else happened. I had this crazy thought, what if I marry her and, and she doesn't serve God? Like, what if, what if after five years she says, I don't want to be a pastor's wife or uh, I'm not going to live for Jesus anymore? I thought, that's going to mess things up because I'm called into ministry. And I had this fear hit me. And so I, I did something. I prayed and said, God, you have to show me. I, I like everything about her. I don't have cold feet anymore, but I, I need a peace here, God. And I'm sure up in heaven, guys, think about this. I'm praying to God. I'm sure God's Father looked at Jesus and said, this, this, this Joe is a little dull. Um, Gina is 10 times more spiritual than him. Why would he even worry about this, right? I'm sure there was some conversation up in heaven. It had to be hilarious. But, but here's what happened. A week or so passed, and the peace of God dropped in my heart. I don't know how to explain it, except I was no longer in fear. I felt this is the thing to do. And, and then, of course, we got married, and we've been married uh, in November. It would be 34 years, so it worked out. And uh, sh she's still serving God, thank God, right? And so, and so am I, right? Listen to this scripture. I want to close with this. It's awesome. It reads like this, Colossians 3.15. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are all called to live in peace and always be thankful. There's three things being said. One, have peace with people on the outside. Two, 
be thankful for everything you have. But did you notice the other thing that's said? The first thing, it says, let the peace of God rule in your hearts. Do you know the word rule? Would it, the literal Greek word, you know what it means? Be the umpire. I'm still crying over the Indians, by the way, uh, losing to the Yankees. And uh, I'm still crying over it. But I was watching all those games. And uh, if you just know a little bit about baseball, you know there's the guy with the bat trying to hit the ball. Behind him is the catcher. And then behind the catcher is the umpire. And sometimes the batter is upset with the umpire because he calls a strike. Sometimes the catcher is upset because he calls a ball. And sometimes they'll get up and scream at him and so on and so forth. But he's making the final call. He's the umpire. And here's what God's saying to every one of us in this room. Make sure the inner voice of peace is always there and never step out on something you think God's telling you unless you have peace. Let it be the umpire in your heart. So there's four ways. I really enjoyed Pastor Joe's message of the voice of God. One of the things he said in the beginning was, if you hear what God has said, you will hear what he is saying. Essentially, God wants us to put a priority on hearing and applying his word in our life. And in doing that, we will be sensitive and ready to receive the specifics that he desires to speak to us about. So in that, God's word needs to be a priority in our life. We cannot know God apart from his word. This is the number one way that God has made available for us to know him, and it is a supernatural living book which we can read and hear God's voice through his word. There are many times I'll be reading a verse that I've probably read many times before, and it will appear to jump off the page and come alive as if God is speaking to me. And amazingly, it will be something that I needed for that day. The first part of hearing from God is giving him authorization in your life. He will not force any of us into a relationship but he does desire us to come to him. That first step is receiving the path that he's provided for us, the path that he's provided through his son, Jesus. In John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. And in Acts 4, 12, it says, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. And it's a matter of us receiving in our heart and praying a simple prayer out of our very own mouth to receive him as our Lord and our Savior. So if you would like to pray that prayer with me today, just mean it with your heart and say it with your mouth. Heavenly Father, I receive your Son Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I believe he died for me and rose again and paid the price for my sin. Forgive me and help me to walk with you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, we would love to hear from you. We'd like to send you a one-time email with some information on how you can grow in your walk with God and how you can start hearing from God for yourself so God can lead you into the victorious life that he has for you. Our website is newliferadio.today, and we look forward to hearing from you.